Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, W is for woohoo! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how is it going? It's going great. Although, Patrick, I have to admit to you that I think in our, like, rush on Tuesday to get through the news that we had we to get time. through. That's right. <laughs> um, I feel like I, like, we really neglected mm. uh, something that you brought up that I've been thinking a lot about, and that is that... After you go outside, yes. you come back in, and you have dirty and dirty. Ankles. Yes. Yeah. And the part that I really want to, like, drill in on here, because I was curious, is it just your ankles that are dirty? Or are dirty ankles a symptom of, like, a larger problem of, like, it's really dusty in L.A.? Going outside just, like, makes you mm-hmm, dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is tough, and this is something that Sarah asked me as well. Why are your ankles dirty? And I don't... So I, I, when I go out, I wear, uh, like, really low-rise socks. Like, mm-hmm. low-rise socks has become, like, sort of my standard. If, if it comes up over my ankle bone, I'm not interested in it anymore. Sorry, socks. Times have changed. Um, and so uh, I will I, – I don't know why they specifically get dirty. <laughs> um, you know, I, I spend some of my walking time down at the, the trail by the river, the Los Angeles River, a notoriously – uh, dirty river, one that is paved. Um, it is a trip. If you've never seen the Los Angeles River, you are picturing it wrong. Uh, unless you've seen Terminator 2, in which case you got it right. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, but so yeah, I think part of it is like I'm walking through uh, some dirty spaces, but I'm not like hiking. I'm not like in the desert. So I, I don't really know. I don't really okay. know why it's happening, and I don't know if... Uh, if it means that the rest of me is not dirty, it is just a dirty ankles thing. I assume the rest of me is also dirty. It's just a, like a, a convenient collection point for dirt. Yeah. And I mean, uh, if you have not like lived in LA, yeah. you you probably don't know that like LA is really dusty like all the time for whatever Super reason. Dusty. Yeah. Like when you uh, park, like I used to have street parking. So I parked my car on the street all the time. And you just got, like, a layer of dust on your car, like, immediately after washing it, because it's just happening all the time. Yeah, Um, I mean, an important thing to remember is that Los Angeles is located in a desert, right? (laughs) It's a desert. It rains, like, an inch and a half here every year. (laughs) It's so hard to forget that, since it's the city of dreams. Oh, yeah. City of desert dreams. Um, Look, Mark, we could go on and on about the city of Los Angeles. Uh, but what I'd rather go on and on about is the Sonic Forces borrowing program because it is a perfect borrowing program. Would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Uh, and just give us a mailing address where we can send this thing and you can do with it whatever you choose. Um, I, and I mean that, like whatever you want. There are no rules here. Um, so, you know, live it up with my copy of Sonic Forces. <laughs> uh, another thing, we are doing a, a whole month of Mario-themed episodes. We are starting that today. I understand it's still September, uh, but all of October we're doing Mario-themed stuff. We are closing that out uh, with our favorite Mario memories on October 29th. We have our own memories. A lot of you have been emailing us your memories. Um... Look, I'm never going to say stop sending us memories because I just want more. Send more. A lot of you have already submitted, and I love and appreciate that. But send more in Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com or tweet us at Card Society um, with your memories. Uh, Mark, what kind of memories are we looking for here? The great thing about it is it can literally be any kind of memory. Maybe it's a happy memory. Maybe it's a sad memory. Maybe it's a memory of the time that you were trying to open a box of Super Mario Brothers cereal. You got a paper cut. It got infected. Your finger got amputated. Now you only have three fingers and a thumb. 
I had to count my own okay. to like <laughs> make sure I and was getting that right. And then, and then a separate full other hand. <laughs> uh, but the important thing here is that we need your memories in whatever form they come. And yeah. please get them to us by October 27th so we can include them on the show. Yeah, we, I can finally say that we are running out of time, right? This is the, that's the threshold of like a month and a couple days. We are slowly running out of time. Get this into us <laughs> as soon as you can. Um, this is not our run-up show, but also speaking of things that we are running out of time on, please make sure that you're registered to vote and that you have a plan to vote. Um, I know this is outside the purview of Nintendo Cartridge Society, um, but, you know, just... Uh, uh, seeing the president say that, um, you know, he's not sure if he'll accept a, a peaceful exchange of, of power uh, should he lose the election. Uh, we just got to uh, just destroy this guy at, at, at the polls. So, like, please make sure you're ready to vote. And also then please uh, vote for Joe Biden. Um, I don't care if that makes anyone uncomfortable. You should you should do it. Um, it's just what needs to be done. Mark, we've got some emails that we uh, should have addressed on Tuesday. But again, we just didn't have any time. Um, so we're going to do it now. Uh, the first email is from Josiah. Josiah writes, have you guys tried Assassin's Creed, the Rebel Collection? That's the no. entirety of his email. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, I would be interested to know if it is worth picking up. Because I remember when it came out, and uh, but it, like I don't know, know anybody who's played it. It's the yeah. first two Assassin's Creed games, is that right? No, I think it's... Um... Jeez. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It's Black Flag and Rogue. Oh, okay. The Nintendo website is asking me for my birth year. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, Black Flag and Rogue. So Rogue being the one that uh, sort of like straddled the generations um, and Black Flag being like the one, like the, the proper one after that. So I, I haven't played either of these games. Yeah, me either. Um, so sorry, Josiah, we have not uh, check these out for a second i was like is one of these the uh i thought maybe these were the like revolutionary war e era games i think that's three yeah it's three and then there was one for the vita which i don't remember the name of it but i played a little bit of that one and did not care for it uh, mark generally speaking are you an assassin's creed guy no but i haven't tried to play one since brotherhood maybe whatever the yeah. first kind of like multiplayer focused one was yeah it feels like a a spot that i'm uh woefully unfamiliar with like in the gaming landscape and one that doesn't seem so far outside of the kind of game that i would like um but you know just uh it, it hasn't it hasn't gotten its hooks in me i also think like current assassin's creed is pretty different from like yeah, old totally. school assassin's creed um so thank you for writing in josiah sorry we <laughs> don't have any more uh, experience with assassin's creed if, if you're playing um the rebel collection uh let us know how it is I, I would be interested to know um then we got an email from shane shane writes hey guys i'm really loving the show and has quickly become part of my tuesday morning in the past you have both referenced a preference for physical games uh over virtual is it a nostalgia thing to have a physical cartridge uh, to pop into the system? I think concern over future backwards compatibility also came up. I have two young kids, and between keeping those things out of their reach and having everything uh, preloaded as I play, as I try to play while uh, moving throughout the house, I have found the virtual route to be great for me. I know that's specific to my situation, but I know many fans still prefer physical releases and was curious to know if there is a specific reason. Am I going to regret going digital down the road? Keep up the great work, Shane. They, Shane, you might be thinking of uh, a few weeks ago when the Mario 3D All-Stars collection was announced. And I said that I was debating getting it digitally or physically, and I ended up getting it physically because I it, like I feel like Nintendo's pretty good about like their hardware being backwards compatible at least one generation. But so far, their digital stores have been like locked into the system that they debuted on, and for that reason, because I'm not sure the next time that I would be able to purchase like Galaxy or Sunshine or Mario 64. I wanted that like physically with the hope that like I'd be able to use that game cart in whatever comes after the Switch. But generally speaking, I buy mm -hmm. all of my games digitally and I have since like the PlayStation since like I bought a PlayStation 4. So like all of my 3DS games um except for Link Between Worlds 
and everything Which, on Switch. Is, that and still at my, is your copy of Link Between Worlds still at my house? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then like everything I bought for PlayStation 4, like all of that is digital. So I'm all in on digital. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's also generally where I stand as well. I started the Switch generation being like, I'm going to do it all physical, and I don't really know why I did that. Um, I think I was, uh, th there's like a little bit of holdover for me in like Amiibo is a physical product, and so like I think I was just sort of tying Nintendo um, to physical products at, at that time. Um, so I would say the first like year or so of the Switch, all of the games that I bought, you know, I've got physical copies of ARMS and Splatoon and uh mario odyssey and breath of the wild and all of that um but since then i've i've gone all digital on on, on that thing too with the exception of uh mario 3d all-stars um and then my i do not own a single physical copy of a 3ds game i you know i i bought a very big memory card early um and filled had you know filled that thing up it's it's not it's nowhere close to being full that's how big the memory card is um but i've got you know probably 100 games on there um do you think there's any danger in i mean like you know basically what we were saying as far as like backwards compatibility is concerned um but is there any, are there any other dangers to like buying digitally that we're not uh i feel like the other big downside here? is like you usually end up paying more yeah um, and you can't share yeah exactly yeah, because we, we've mentioned that before, just like between ourselves of like, uh, oh, you know, we should probably just buy one copy of that and then share it. And then we don't do that because <laughs> <laughs> digital is more convenient. Um, and then our, our final email today comes from Ashley. Um, Ashley wrote in uh, about our episode last week, which was about um, Nintendo Musos. Uh, Ashley writes, hey, uh, I feel like you guys really missed a good idea. Mega Man Warriors. Definitive edition. You have so many options for playable characters. There's all the hero characters plus dozens of robot villains. You could have some some new outside force of evil robots uh, that the various hero slash villain robots from the different games could all band up band together to defeat. Uh, of course, blowing up thousands and thousands of robots along the way. So much gratuitous violence and explosions, Ashley. That is such a good idea. It's a great idea. I think that the one thing uh, that uh, makes me hesitate on it a little bit is I still don't know how, um, like, a projectile-focused um, uh, Warriors game works. You know what I mean? That, like, so much of it is, like, hack and slash that, like, to be conducting some of it at, like, a distance. Because um, Mega Man, he's a distance fighter, right? He's not an up-close and... Yeah, but I th but like he's a brawler in Super Smash Brothers. Like That's I think true. I think you should make range, it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, also, I love the idea of incorporating, uh, you know, defeating the robot masters and like getting mm -hmm. their powers. Um, you wouldn't even need to have that many playable characters if Meg Man is just like getting everyone's powers. Uh, Ashley, that's a great idea. I love it. Um, should we get into our uh, topic at Handmark? Oh, wait. I, was, I just thought of something. One other reason why maybe physical games are, imp <laughs> yeah. are important. Yeah. And it is because without you purchasing a physical copy of Sonic Forces, there would be no Sonic Forces borrowing program. Great point. Great point. I can't lend, a, lend people a uh, digital copy of Sonic Forces. This is, this is a wonderful point. All right, Mark, we are doing an, an ABCs of Mario. Let's get into it. Man, I think that's probably the first time that we've gone 13 minutes into the episode before saying what our, <laughs> our, our topic for the episode well, was going to be. It's Mario month. Mario month mm -hmm. uh, is happening a little bit early, but uh, that's or just Or a little because, bit late. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or that's, we're splitting the difference. Yeah, that's right. Look, we're starting uh, at a time yeah. that makes nobody happy. <laughs> yes, it's a good old-fashioned compromise. Um, yeah, so uh, w obviously October for us is the celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary. Um, the last time we did a a an A to Z of a franchise or of a Nintendo concept, uh, we had to split it up over two episodes, so we anticipate that that is the deal here. So we are just going to be doing the first half of the alphabet. Alphabet has 26 letters. We are going to be doing the first 13 A to M today. Um, and you know, like what, what, what kind as, as you are, uh, picking your, your Mario A to Z, what kinds of things are you keeping in mind? Are you just like, 
just, just different kind of enemies. Like, where, where, where's your head at as you uh, prepare your list, Mark? I, th- I kind of found it a little bit difficult only because Mario means so many things and there's so many different yes. iterations of Mario that, uh, like, you could kind of go anywhere. So mine is definitely not... I think when I first started, I was very focused on the Mushroom Kingdom, but the further that I got into this, the more, like, uh, expansive it became. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's it's easy to get, like, conceptual with some of this stuff, too. So, like, I mean, may, may, maybe it's better to just... You're just setting the stage that, like, we uh, have perhaps gone broad on, on some of these entries. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mark, we're, we're going to start with A. Um, I will ask you to go first. Okay, so I am going to... My A is acrobatics. <laughs> and, I love that triple jump! <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, we have talked about it on this show before, and I think... Um, I mean, Mario as a character and, like, Mario games mean so much to you and I in just, like, childhood experiences, video game experiences throughout our entire life, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mario... Since I was a kid, like, Mario has basically been there. And so, like, Mario, different Mario games and different Mario releases, uh, like, bring me back to a very specific time in my life each time. And one of the reasons why I love Mario games, um, you know, more than other platformers, is there is a joy to yeah. making Mario run around that is just, like, inherent in the game and it's like it's like magic and so the the acrobatics like the moves that mario can make they just make me happy totally and like you know mario's been using a lot of the like he he's always like generally fairly acrobatic right he runs he jumps um but i i think it's interesting that at some point and then i'm going to pinpoint it um his like uh repertoire of like regularly accessed um acrobatic moves was established as like he's got this triple jump he's got the backwards like uh, cartwheel jump um and he's got these sort of like crouch and like jump high um and a lot of that comes from donkey kong 94 on the game boy um which is like a a tough thing to remember because it's like cemented in mario 64 right um which was 96 right uh but i mean all of that means that you know we're celebrating mario's uh 35th anniversary but he's been doing this he's been jumping the same way he's been moving the same way for 25 years which is awesome (laughs) it means you know what what you're gonna get when you start uh, making mario run and jump around yeah and it's just interesting to see how like that move set has informed like the newer uh like 2d mario games like the new super mario brothers games like you expect mario to um run a certain way and it's even just like, I mean, going back to the original game, just like the simple things of playing yeah. so many NES platformers now is really frustrating because the jumps don't work the way you think they should. They're too realistic. Mario jumps are not realistic. You can, no, he can like, change make, direction like, in the air. <laughs> he can change directions in the air. And it doesn't make any sense, but it feels so like perfect in a video game. And like that's the kind of stuff that Mario has been doing from day one um that's acrobatics is really good um uh for my a uh first i i i just want you to know that i i flirted with the idea of doing all stars um because you know obviously all stars the the idea of like presenting mario history um it's it's important that like mario history remain mario present as well um but my real a is going to be albano lou albano the actor slash wrestler who played Mario on the live action segments of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. This is a guy so committed to his craft, at one point he was going to legally change his name to Mario. <laughs> um, and that shows a garbage fire, right? Like, really, really bad. Um, I, I had a friend who uh, picked up the first season of it on DVD in college. And boy, did we try to, like, you know, watch it again, but simply couldn't get through any of it. Um, I don't know how it's something that held our attention at all as kids. Um, but I love that they were trying something um, and that this dude gave like all of his life force to trying to depict, you know, an, an undepictable character. Like Mario, as we were just saying, is like 
kinetic motion uh, personified. He he is acrobatics. Um, and Lou Albano, like, threw himself into it. So this, the Super Show, for anybody who's not familiar with it, was a show that <laughs> yes. ran for, like, one... Uh, it was only a few months. I think it was... Well, actually, let me look it up. It was um, September... Be- between September and December of 1989. And in that wow. time, they made 65 episodes. And it was, a, it was a syndicated show. It had, like, these live-action bumpers, like you were saying, with, like, Lou Albano playing a live-action Mario living in their like brook like basement of their brooklyn apartment or like yeah building was, or something it was, like it wasn't that. clear yeah and they it had, was almost a mr rogers neighborhood like set up to their apartment well completely because they had like live action guest stars that would come in like uh i think Cher showed up um cindy lopper showed up uh and then there were also cartoon segments it was it truly is awful but it like looms so large in you know kids in people's minds who were kids at that time because we just wanted more Mario stuff. Just give us more Mario stuff. And also Nintendo at that time was just licensing like crazy. Like they, they weren't the company that they are now. This like entertainment powerhouse, you know, it was just kind of like Mario was this fairly new thing that kids really liked. And so everybody was just trying to make a buck. (laughs) Man, I wish this guy would have changed his name to Mario. That would have been so cool. (laughs) All right, uh, so uh, m- moving on to B, I will start now with uh, with my B. Uh, I went simple with this one. I'm going Boo. Um, he's a spooky ghost who's too shy to look at you when you're looking at him. Um, I it's as far as like classic Mario enemies go, the Boo is so. I don't know. Like it was, it came into the world cute, right? Like all the rest of the Mario enemies became cute over time. But, like, at its very core, a ghost that is too embarrassed to look at you <laughs> is adorable. I feel like it also, like, uh, like, booze are a great example of, like, what fits in the Mario universe? Like, what? Yes. Like, right? Like, it's, like, what defines a good Mario character? And I couldn't tell you because it's, like, all there are tons of different types of enemies. Like, booze, you're right next to bullet bills. Right, they coexist basically, and yeah. you're accepting that both of them are like, yeah, this and those like football player guys, they're all Mario. They all live together, yeah, <laughs> or or don't live together, I guess. Um, but I also I love uh, also the idea that the boos are uh, like they look like ghosts, but like they're not actually the dead spirits of anything, right? Like <laughs> that, that just that's the only way they've ever existed. They are some sort of like. Uh, you know, yokai spirits that are haunting uh, ghost houses and whatever. Um, it, ju- it, it just feels like a uniquely Mario concept. Yeah, I completely agree. So my B is also pretty classic. I'm going with Bowser, King yeah. of the Koopas, mm-hmm. the one and only. Um, I don't... So growing up, Bowser was Koopa to me. He was King Koopa. Sure. And then at some point, he... Be- like became bowser i think he was always bowser but uh i don't know i don't when did that transition happen why did that like i mean i, th- I think probably for super mario brothers 3 right mm. um because uh, in you know there are all sorts of like translation problems uh in like the original super mario brothers um instruction manual and like anything uh, any information about the characters or setting or whatever i mean remember the the instruction booklet said that uh, all of the uh, citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom had been turned into blocks. And so when you break the blocks, you're like freeing them or murdering them. It's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's I think right. He was it was King kind of... in that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because, you know, that's we got Princess Toadstool uh, just because that's like how it was localized. And then later, you know, when all of this started to become more organized, that's when they started like delineating these things. But Koopa is another great example, or sorry, Bowser is another great wow. example wow. of uh, <laughs> like kind of like the cuteification of the Mario universe. Because, you know, like Bowser in uh, the first game, not cute in the slightest. But now no. like Bowser's adorable and he's a great dad. Like, yes, he's scary, but in like a fun way. 
Yeah, well, and also if you, it, it's it's hard because uh, like right now I was like reaching into the back of my brain to be like, what can I say about Bowser? But you and I recorded an episode like an hour and a half long ranking all the Bowser fights. So I feel like I, I feel like everything that I've ever thought about Bowser is already committed to take on, <laughs> on this show. Uh, so moving on to C, my C is careers. Because if there's one mm. thing that Mario has a lot of, it is different jobs. He's been a plumber. He's been mm-hmm. a pro athlete of multiple sports. He's been a doctor. He's been a referee. He's been an F1 racer. He's been a time traveler. He's been a dance-off master. I don't know if that's actually a job or just something that he like likes to do on the side. But you do think time traveler is a job? <laughs> I think if you're getting paid for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he's also a construction worker, right? In, um, I guess, the, in Donkey Kong originally and then in Wrecking Crew. Um, so yeah, yeah Mar- Mario has had a number of jobs. He makes sense in just about any context. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, Mario is absolutely, like, the mascot character of Nintendo, and his ability to, like, slide into pretty much, like, any position, and it's still a joy to see him there, is a real treat. What do you think is the weirdest or the, the least likely job that we've seen Mario take on in, in, any, in any game? I, I have an idea. I have a, I... a, a suspicion, but... Uh, my, I'm going to say that I have a hard time believing that somebody of Mario's build is going to be a professional soccer player. <laughs> you think you just could, can't run that much? or <laughs> I just don't think you could run that much. I'm skeptical. Mm, I, I think your skepticism is uh, well-founded. Um, I'm trying to find the name of this game. So in Alleyway, right? You remember Alleyway, the, the, one of the launch games for the Game Boy? It's basically a, a, a breakout clone. Mario is piloting this, like, spaceship that, like, hits a ball back and forth. I don't think Mario makes sense as a spaceship pilot. I'm just going to come out and say it. <laughs> You don't think he could be an astronaut? I, I, I don't think know. He could, I'm... An, he could be an astronaut. I don't think he could be the pilot of the ship. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. He's the one who's, like, uh, he's the scientist who's testing uh, the effects of weightlessness on screws. Yeah, that's right. Or he's the one that, like, you put in the, the spacesuit and just throw him out the airlock, and he's, like, <laughs> fine with it. Mark, for my C, I am going with something a, a little more recent, a, a more recent addition to the Mario canon. I, I am, of course, uh, using Cappy here. Um, the, the spirit in Mario's cap or the spirit that is Mario's hat. Look, I don't totally understand Cappy. Do you totally understand Cappy? No. <clears throat> but Cappy gives you the ability to take on the roles of all of the uh, enemies in the Mushroom Kingdom that you've been battling for so long and actually lets you take on their movesets, their abilities. You can fly around as a bullet bill. You can stack yourself up like a bunch of dumb Goombas. Uh, it's, it, it's, it allows you to experience Mario's world from the other side. The thing I like about Cappy is that there's like an entire Cappy society. Like yes. it's not just Cappy. Cappy is not really exceptional in this world. Like there's no, lots true. of Capsies. Capsies? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of uh, Cappy's sister who's like the tiara who gets kidnapped for, for the, yeah, I don't remember. I was, I was just going to say tiara. I don't know what the actual name is. Maybe it's just Tiara. Do you think we will see Cappy again in uh, future Mario stuff? Or is it like Flood Ooh. and like this is the only time we're, we're ever going to see it? Somehow I think that uh, Cappy's a little bit more beloved than Flood is. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I would love for there to be an Odyssey too, And I would love to see more of Cappy there. I do think just like we saw um, with Link in... Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that he became mm-hmm. the Breath of the Wild version that I do think that in a future version of Smash Brothers that Cappy will feature in Mario's moveset. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> then moving on to D, my D, uh, I, I, went, I went super basic here. I'm going with Donkey Kong. Um, there is no Mario without Donkey Kong. Uh, you know, he is the generic, you know, Mr. Video, Jumpman, whatever, protagonist. 
of the Donkey Kong of the original Donkey Kong arcade game. Um, and like the two series have been, it's so it's so interesting to me that like Mario, who is like their flagship, you know, icon, uh, you know, mascot character, comes from a game that's not about him, right? Comes from a game that's about this monkey, and the monkey was, you know, uh, suspected to be or like projected to be the draw for the game, um, and that. Donkey Kong has gone on to be such a separate character and franchise. Um, I, I think that, you know, if, if we're talking about how great Mario is, we got to shout out his original opponent, Donkey Kong. I mean, uh, listeners, you can't see this, but Patrick and I are shaking hands virtually mm-hmm. um, through FaceTime because I also have Donkey Kong Whoa. Uh, <laughs> for the letter D. I I think that it's so interesting that the two franchises have obviously, you know, gone in very different directions, but there is such like a yes. synergy between the two that like when one shows up in Mario Kart or whatever, it's just like, yeah, like it it feels very seamless where it just it just makes the that certain amount of like Nintendo logic that also allows yeah. for, you know, like a booze to exist. Yeah, and I, I mean I think there's also something that like um, the expanded Donkey Kong universe has learned from the expanded Mario universe, right? Like, that cast has been filled out in much the same way, where it's just like, oh yeah, just more characters like this, um, and more worlds like this. Um, and it all just feels, uh, you know, very, like, comfortable and appropriate, and they should, they belong together. So my E... Uh, this one, okay, when I first was like, this is it, I was like, man, there's going to be so many examples. And there aren't really, but I still feel good about it. And that's eggs. E mm. for eggs. Be- okay. Because you, you got Birdo, sure. you got Yoshi, Yoshi, and then I ran out of things to have in a ran list. But, eggs, those, yeah. but those two feel pretty important. Those are two pretty important eggs. There's the good egg galaxy in uh, Mario Galaxy. So there's another. Although I think it's a Yoshi egg. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do think uh, eggs uh, play at least a, a semi-prominent role um, in, in Mario. If, if for no other reason than their association with Yoshi. Well, I also like, you know, Birdo was. Uh, Birdo was a crazy character. Uh, especially when you first encounter them in Super Mario Brothers 2. Have we ever really gotten an explanation for why Birdo shoots eggs out of their mouth? No. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. That's the magic of Mario. Where are those yeah. eggs coming from? Don't they or, want those eggs? And, and why, why is Birdo holding like a crystal ball in its stomach? Like, what, what's going on there? <laughs> it's all very confusing. Why are there eagles in the wall? Yeah, and why are they portals to other worlds? But unimportant because yeah. it's not related to eggs. Um, Mark, my E is uh, just that. It is the letter E for EGAD, Professor EGAD. Um, primarily from the Luigi's Mansion series. This is the inventor who uh, makes Luigi's uh, poltergust his ghost-busting equipment, uh, but also secretly, he's the man that invented uh, the flood that Mario uses in Mario Sunshine. Um, so, and he also makes appearances in some of the uh, Mario Luigi games. Um, I feel like EGAD is a support character that Nintendo is very, like, cautious about deploying um, because a super scientist or, like, a gadget man, like a Lucius Fox in the Mario universe, uh, upsets the balance a little bit right like you give one of the mario brothers new tech uh and suddenly the whole game has changed um <laughs> but I, I i love that element of chaos about egad also did you know that egad i just looked it up so i did not already know this but uh the e stands for elvin e-l-v-i-n oh that's so good <laughs> i also think he's very funny especially in, in the most recent um luigi's mansion his voice is very funny and uh he just says funny things to you so yeah um, i love his little gibberish yeah i love his gibberish i love his dumb little hair and like a one giant tooth in front uh, he almost looks like one of the baby characters have we ever seen baby egad i'm asking <laughs> you this that is a baby mario character i would die to see i would die to see it 
Mark would die to see it. Um, I, I get the, the first F here, I, I believe. Yes. Um, going to go with fuzzy. Touch him and get dizzy. Um, there, there is a level in uh, uh, Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, called Touch Fuzzy, Get Dizzy, which introduces these, like, um, what even are they? What, what are they? They're just, like, they're spores floaty. or something? <laughs> yeah, they're spores. I think that's it. But they're fuzzy. That's the yeah. important part. They're fuzzy, and when you touch them, the game is like, engage the Super FX2 chip. We are warping reality here. Um, and the background and the foreground, everything gets all wavy and cool. Um, it is one of those moments in Yoshi's Island where uh, the game reveals itself to be like so much, like just more than what it had been. Um, like it unlocks a new dimension for that game. And it's all because of that, that weird little enemy. Well, my F is actually, it is Flood from uh, Super Mario Sunshine. And uh, wait, let me, let me get its proper name. It is the Flash Liquidizer Ultra Dowsing Device. And the reason why uh, I like Flood, I like Super Mario Sunshine. Um, but one of the things that I think is really interesting about Flood, and you had already brought up Cappy. I kind of feel like Cappy is the, um, uh, the refinement of Flood. It's basically, sure. I, f- I feel like the first, we've had power-ups before in Mario games. Like, that's a fundamental part of it. But the thing that's interesting to me about Flood is it's, like, the first time in a Mario game that they were, like, and here is a, like, a game-changing mechanic yeah. that you have to master in order for this game to work. And in Super Mario Sunshine, there are those levels where, like, they remove Flood, and it's back to just, like, the more traditional Mario movement. But Flood is such an important part of how you get around in Sunshine, just like Cappy would be later, um, where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, this, like, the gameplay is centered, was built around this, like, new mechanic. I think Flood is also interesting, too, because I don't know that it has a personality necessarily, but it does speak to you, um, and it's, like, clearly robotic, so it almost has, it almost feels like a Star Wars droid, like it's a little bit C-3PO. Um, and that it's like very proper, um, and like you know isn't gonna like offer an opinion that's going to like upset you or anything like that. Um, so like it is cool that uh, you know they were introducing this new s- set of mechanics. That, like you say, you have to master for like the entirety of the game to work, but then also like stapling a a little bit of a personality onto it is is just cool. Hmm. So uh, next is G and my G is Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, yes! Have I you think... started playing Galaxy in uh, 3D All-Stars? No, not yet. I'm still, I, I still plan to do it chronologically, and I'm still mm-hmm. making my way through uh, Super Mario 64. But to, for me, like um, Galaxy is kind of the first modern Mario. I yeah. think like when you play Odyssey, uh, that is... Like the basis of that is Galaxy, and more than it is like Mario sixty four or Super Mario Sunshine. Those feel of a different era to me. And Galaxy, I is like is the beginning of modern Mario. Galaxy also formalizes Mario's relationship with space, um, which is so unique. You know, we were talking about him. Uh, comically being an astronaut before a spaceship pilot um but the fact that like mario can be in space and he can traverse planets by jumping between them i mean it's uh, it, it's so fun and chaotic and energetic that like it, it just doesn't make any sense at all but i love it um and it feels so natural and like there's a part in super mario 3d world where you go up into space um and it's just like yep yep this is this is where we should go this is the next logical step in this game uh space is just a part of what mario does now and that's all because well, well yeah plus you got like it introduces rosalina and mm-hmm. the lumas um the fact that you bring up the gravity is really interesting because you know we talked about flood and cappy and I think those are the most like memorable of these new Mario mechanics that are introduced in games because they're like personified. But the gravity is completely yeah. that. It's just like not um, put into a single into like a 
uh, like hourglass or I don't know what you would use to represent gravity. There are so yeah, I don't know either. Like a black hole. Um, so th- <laughs> there's there are parts really early in Galaxy um, where you are running around like the outside of a tube, right? And like once you get inside the tube, then like you are you know kind of moving around the circumference of uh, of the thing, and so like the gravity changes from like uh, being drawn towards the center of it to being like up and down, right? Uh, and up and down are determined by like arrows on the thing. So it's like three different planes of gravity happening, like all in the same. It's just so cool. I can't get over how cool Galaxy is. Uh, Mark, maybe uh, maybe less cool, maybe more cool. My G is Geno or Gino from Super Mario RPG, the enigmatic character who seems to be on his own quest to fight evil throughout the universe um, and uh, takes on the identity of a, an action figure of a toad kid that you run into over the course of Super Mario RPG. Um, he's just so, I mean, we've, we've talked about uh, this character a lot and Mario RPG uh, characters uh, a fair amount. Um, and he's just so cool. He's got this, like, he almost looks like Blue Link in a way. Um, except instead of, like, a tunic, he's wearing, like, a cape, and he shoots, like, magic stars out of his wand. Um, he's just so cool, and all we've ever, look, 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 look. I normally am like, hey, we need to cool it with, um, Smash Brothers, like, guest character, you know, hype or speculation or whatever, like, everybody, let's calm down, and then when we did get King K. Rule, I was like, okay, you're all sick, let's knock it off, but if Geno were to come to Super Smash Brothers, like, I'd go, I'd go back on all of it. He's, he'd be a perfect addition to that game. I also think he's the perfect one because we haven't really brought up very many of Mario's, like, spinoff series. Yeah. And Mario is in so many different types of games that, like, you could do an entire celebration of Mario RPGs because, like, the games are yeah, so specific yeah. and so, like, unique that um, it could be, like, it's an entire own thing. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Geno rules. He, he should be in all the Mario RPGs. There should be a Geno RPG. Like, come on. Cowards, do it. Uh, okay, for H. Uh, again, back to basics on this one. I'm going with the Hammer Bros. Uh, they are the, uh, a persistent enemy type. They're in the original Super Mario Brothers. Um, and it feels like a, a, an enemy type that, um, you know, they're not... They're not everywhere, right? They're, they're always, like, deployed at a, a specific point where it's like, uh, no, but right now the game's going to be just a little bit harder, you know? Um, you have to, like, actually deal with the fact that it is jumping around, throwing hammers at you, um, and, you know, it's also a, a power-up sometimes where you get your own Hammer Brothers armor. Um, and, like, I just... It's one of those things where I don't know where this concept comes from, right? Who was, like... Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, there there are turtles that are, like, walking around, but some of these turtles uh, stand upright, have helmets, and throw hammers at you. Like, I just don't know what the math on that is. Where does it come from? It's also, I feel like you see the Hammer Brothers more in, like, traditional 2D Mario games than you do the 3D games. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think yeah. at all of, like, uh, Hammer Brothers in 3D games. But, you know, even though you have that, like, I think it's just a great example of how like there are different types of Mario gameplay, but the Mario universe is all just like one like weirdly cohesive thing where yeah. I hadn't thought about it until you were talking about it. That, like, yeah, I don't know that Hammer Brothers have ever shown up in a 3D Mario game, but that doesn't uh, they're still such like an important part of the experience. I think they're in Galaxy. I think they're in you think they're in Galaxy. Yeah, I'm 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 also pretty sure that they're in 3D world. Maybe I'm thinking of 3D world because they're they're definitely there. My H is haunted places. Yeah. (laughs) Mario characters like to go a lot of places. They love to go. I mean, I don't know that they love to go to haunted places. They love it. They end up going there all the time. They're going to ghost houses. They're going Mm -hmm. to haunted hotels. They're going to haunted ships. They're going to haunted woods. They're going to haunted galaxies, entire galaxies that are haunted. They, uh, and it's some of the most, like, um, 
fun to me because I feel like they are they are such a break from the other types of Mario levels. Like think of uh, the ghost houses in Super Mario World. Like they are they play very different from the other levels, especially totally. like the the first one that you encounter. Uh, like the first time you ever encountered this like ghost house, they're much more like puzzle based. They try they don't they are not as straightforward as just like the other levels in that game where you're just trying to go from left to right. It's an effective tonal shift, which I feel like doesn't normally happen within a Mario game very much. Um, especially like to use your example of Super Mario World, um, that so much of it is just like fun and friendly and light. And then yeah, I guess the uh, the castles like present their very own like menace to them, but like that's sort of just uh, like okay, now we're serious. Um, whereas the ghost houses don't feel serious, they feel mysterious, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I think that the haunted spaces... What what sort of haunted spaces haven't we been to that we'd like to see more of? Mm. Um, I, I think we, we've seen ghost ships, but I'd like to see more of them. Maybe ghost spaceships? Like get a real event horizon going on? In a Mario game. Well, and that would give him like a legitimate excuse to fly a spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) Which again, I still don't think Mario is well suited for. Okay. So I, my I is ice capades. Okay. My eye, my eye is very similar. It is the ice flower, but I want to hear ice capades. Okay. So I, it's, it's, very similar to the super show that we brought up earlier in 1989 there was no a te- there was a televised ice capades show on ABC and a segment in it has Alyssa Milano and Jason Bateman they are backstage and they're just like you know being very late 80s teenagers and they come across some people playing Super Mario Brothers and they're like uh, Jason Bateman's like, oh my gosh, it's Nintendo. This is awesome. And Alyssa Milano does like the biggest eye roll in the world. She's like, I don't get it. I don't care. And Jason Bateman's like, you've got to play Super Mario. And what? He, and so he, for the audience at home, he breaks down like, this is Mario. He's like this guy and you're trying to avoid these enemies. We're trying to kill like the evil Bowser, King Koopa. And then the TV starts to get really wavy. And he's like, oh, no, it's a computer virus. And, like, King Koopa is taking sure. over the world. So then we cut to, uh, like, the Ice Capade stage where Mr. Belvedere, uh, what is that guy's name? Um, Christopher Ooh. Hewitt mm-hmm. is playing uh, King Koopa. He's playing Bowser. And then there's, like, uh, Spinies and, like, Hammer Brothers and Goombas that are out there on the ice. Uh, like um knockoff looking luigi and mario characters show up and like luigi's using a smoke machine to destroy the enemies it oh uh princess peach like toadstool shows up and she has a may west accent it is wild it's like 10 minutes long it's on youtube i'll include we'll include a link in the show notes it is such peak like we were talking about with super show where it was like nintendo had no control just try something yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's amazing Um, i have been watching this thing quietly on youtube as you've been describing it and you are doing a very good job but you are not doing it justice (laughs) Um, when when peach peach and mario and luigi are all like full body costumes meaning that like they're not like dudes uh, in in like overalls they're like big uh like mascot right they're like heads. those like mascot type things yeah. but they look like the the times square or hollywood boulevard version of them yeah that's right um this is amazing i did not know this existed how how did you uh come across this well i was i mean i did not know about it until today when i was doing research for this i was looking up other stuff and uh, like Alyssa Milano came up, and I was like, "What is the Alyssa Milano connection to Mario?" And yeah. thus, Ice Capades was presented to me. Wow, um, this is incredible! I sort of just want to make you talk for another two minutes so I can finish watching this thing. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it is out of control. Everyone should check this out. The uh, green makeup on Mr. Belvedere in the uh, Bowser costume. Um, 
like the the costume covers like the top of his head so he yeah he's not like it's very clear that they wanted you to know that it was mr belvedere um because it's a very pale green makeup that doesn't even cover all of his face <laughs> he much like uh caesar romero uh d- didn't uh cut his, cut off his mustache to to play this character um this is this is this is wild mark thank you for bringing that to my attention yeah everybody uh, should check it out everyone should uh so i guess my uh my ice flower thing was not that similar uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just talking about the ice flower the variation on the fire flower which freezes your enemies instead of just knocking them uh you know out of the game um i, I think it's the it's interesting to me that it is the one time that they've tried like a variation on a mario power um I guess you could maybe argue that the Super Ball is uh, like a, a variation on, on the on the uh, the Fire Flower, um, but yeah, this is just a, a weird little thing that uh, you can turn your enemies into frozen blocks and then toss those blocks around. Yeah, I think that the Ice Flower did not make it very high in our ranking of Mario power ups. It's definitely not my favorite of the uh, Mario power ups. But it is a very solid eye. I mean, I, I think uh, one of the reasons it ranks so low is that the penguin suit gives you all the same abilities, plus you look like a penguin. So, like, you know, you're going to lose to the penguin suit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mark, for my J, uh, I went with Jump Up Superstar um, because it is the song that... Uh, you know, it, it it accompanies the festival segment of Super Mario Odyssey um, and uh, is just such a wonderful piece of music. Um, and I, I there's something uh, magical about this, uh, about this song, because like I hear the lyrics and they are saying like trite, pointless things, you know, like a jump with me, get, you know, get coins with me. Oh, yeah. It's time to jump up in the air and, and all this stuff. Um, and it just, it drills down into like the fundamentals of what's fun and what's appealing about Mario um, and is like g- genuinely moving to me. Like it actually makes me well up a little bit being like jump up superstars expressing what I like about Mario. I completely agree. I love that song so much. I remember when we first heard it at E3 2017, um, bef- when we were first learning a little bit more about Super Mario Odyssey. And it, I was so taken aback at first because it was so different from anything that we had yeah. seen before and anything we had, like, I was ever expecting to see in a Mario game. And it really is, like, one of my favorite parts of that game. And I, I completely agree. I mean, that kind of rolls, like, right into my J, which is just joy. Like, Mario brings me so much joy. And yeah. uh, I feel like the character himself just like exudes joy. And this is such like a perfect example, like, um, or Jump Up Superstar is such a perfect example. I was reading through the, uh, like, um, the PowerPoint presentation that Nintendo put together for their, uh, like the business meeting that they just held a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when they're talking about their Nintendo's mission, it is to, like find ways to like bring smiles to people's faces and i feel like that is such like the perfect encapsulation of what nintendo strives to do and what differentiates it from other video game companies and i feel like mario and mario games are like they are the flagship franchise for nintendo because that is a character those are games that exude such joy yeah i I, you know I've, i've i've said before that like mario to me feels like um, and it's it's not universal, I, I'm sure, but it feels like our generation's Mickey Mouse, um, where, like, I'm just going to be happy to see that character. Like, uh, it just reminds me of so many good times and, like, times when I'm actually genuinely having fun, not watching something fun, but just actually genuinely having fun. Um, Joy is, is, is a perfect J. So for K, I decided to go with Kart for Mario Kart. Mm. Because, okay. you know, as, as far as, like, it's kind of nuts that not only does Mario have, you know, like, his mainline platforming games, but he has these other, like, franchises that are just as big as any of those games. And that, and Mario Kart is, an, is one of those franchises that also, like, I have so many great memories of playing 
the different Mario Karts at different times in my life. And it also does this really magical thing where, like, yes, it has, like, Mario characters. And as the series has grown, it has characters from different franchises. But, like, the levels are generally, like, they don't have anything to do with locations that you've seen a bunch before. Like, yeah, you might have Princess Daisy's cruise ship. You might have, like, things that are associated with characters. But it's not like, you know, like, Wario's pinball is a level that we all know and love. Uh, but, right, from you know, somewhere before, else. You yeah. yeah, exactly. And so uh, Mario Kart is great. I don't really have to say more than that, probably. No, it's true. Well, and also, like, Mario Kart um, is such a successful franchise that it almost eclipses, like, Super Mario Brothers. Um, it is the number one best-selling game on Switch. Um, so, like, yeah, Kart is a huge part of Mario's identity. Um, my K, uh, I, I went with Koji Kondo. Um, who is responsible for the music in all of the uh, early Mario games and a lot of uh, the sort of um, classic Nintendo tunes. Um, he is the composer um, and is a master of, like, simple counterpoint, very clear. You know, the the uh, sound chip set in the original NES is so, um, like, limited, um, but it, it has become... I, I don't know why... Um, it's probably just because we heard it a bunch when we were kids, but like the sound quality of um, early Mario games um, has such a such a firm spot in in my heart and in my musical tastes. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Koji Kondo's craftsmanship uh, using those tools to make something truly wonderful. Um, obviously, it was a huge controversy when we knocked out the World 1-1 theme out of our uh, Best Nintendo Music uh, contest right away. Um, but, you know, it, and, and, like, was that a crime? Sure. Yeah. Did <laughs> Were we wrong? Probably. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Koji Kondo, is, is, he's uh, the father of Mario sounding the way Mario sounds. Well, and uh, I, it may have been controversial. I still think it was the right choice. What did continue on was uh, Steam Gardens, and that cool like guitar riff, like that music is written by Koji Kondo. Great point. Um, also, I wanted to just you know put a, a real human being in this at some point because uh, <laughs> it's, it's important to remember that you know for as like mythical and big and uh, you know magical as Mario is, um, there are human beings uh, that made this thing. Uh, that we all love and, you know, transports us into uh, another time and place. Um, okay, so for my L, I am choosing the library from Super Mario Galaxy. Um, perhaps one of the uh, less talked about parts of Super Mario Galaxy, um, just because the gameplay is so fun, is that there is uh, a sort of tucked away story that is there for you if you want to engage it. All you have to do is go to the library on Rosalina's, like, you know, mothership, um, and she uh, reveals to you the story of how she came to be, you know, the mother of stars, um, and it's a super cool storybook retelling of, uh, like, it's, it's a little bit a Little Prince, it's a little bit, um, you know, just like Girl Lost in the Galaxy. It's super sweet, very sad, um, and the music is beautiful. Um, I, I, I love that, that whole sequence from, from Galaxy. Yeah, apparently, uh, so the game, the director of Super Mario Galaxy is uh, Yoshiaki Koizumi, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently he wrote that storybook, like, in a night and didn't really tell any of, like, the other, like, developers um, what, that he was working on it, that that was, like, something that he uh, really wanted to put into the game. That's very sweet. Uh, my L is Luigi. Gotta give it up for the original Big L. Um, mm-hmm. what I really appreciate about Luigi is, uh, how, like, Nintendo has found a kind of, like, um, a niche for Luigi. Like, you know, originally in the games, he was just a palette swap of Mario. But as the series has gone on, he has gotten his own personality, and that personality is an adorable one because he is such a coward. Uh, such a coward. <laughs> Like, Luigi can be uh, weird in a way that Mario isn't. Like, when uh, Mario Kart 8 was first released, 
and everybody went crazy over Mar- over Luigi's like death stares uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in the replays when like other carts would pass them and stuff like that. Like that's the fun kind of stuff that uh, Nintendo does nowadays, and like uh, that they would not, they would never do with like Mario himself. And so I love that Luigi exists for those types of moments. Also, hey, I mean, like, don't overthink it. A Mario that can jump a little bit higher, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. I love it. <laughs> so um, I, 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 debated, I debated having my GB green Mario, um, but I'm glad we, we, got, we got to Luigi on this. <laughs> so uh, for my M, I debated a number of things. I'm gra- glad that you called out Koji to Kondo because I really did want to talk about, like, Mario's music and not just Koji Kondo but like Mihito Yokata, uh Naoto Kubo, Suyo Fuji uh Fuji like and that's just a handful of like the many many people who have made amazing music for Mario games. Um but I again like I feel like we can't really do this without talking about Shigeru Miyamoto. Um kind of like yeah. the genesis of it all. I don't really know that I have like anything to say about it uh, about him in particular. But um, he's just like another one of those persons that he does such a great job of, uh, in public anyways, like embodying what you want from Nintendo, that like, that joy, um, that he exudes happiness in his public appearances. And, uh, you know, he, I'm sure that's very tiring, but um, he's a good sport about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also just like, Every, uh, and, you know, like you said, it may just be like a, a, a public facing thing, but even when we, you know, get little bits of information about him as like a, a private person or as like a working person, um, it seems like he is always, uh, you know, conceptualizing gameplay in a way that like no one else is like he's, he's looking at a holistic gameplay experience. Um, and, you know, thinking about the, the games that we subconsciously play in our real lives. We've talked about it on the show a couple times before, but like there was a period where he would just carry a tape measure around with him and uh, challenge people to be like, how long do you think that is? And then they would all guess and then he would measure it and then someone would win uh, by being the closest. Um, it, it's just it's, it's that uh, like commitment to the concept of game. Um, that I think makes him so special and by extension makes Nintendo products so special. Uh, Mark, for, for my M, I feel like I'm, I'm bringing us down from that very logical end point of Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, but my M is uh, Mary O, who is the support character in the Super Mario Maker games, um, who uh, tells you, answers your questions. So when you uh, like go into the help menus, and want more information about how to, you know, uh, lay the piranha plants and make them pop out of the pipes faster. Um, Mary O, who is just like, um, you know, a, a nice lady in a, a vest um, and like wearing a headset, uh, appears and tells you how to do it. And it's also very cute that her name is Mary O. Mary O. Is that uh, you said that was in the that was in the first game? In both of them. Oh, I do you know what I've con- confession time. I've never actually used oh. the builder tools in Super Mario Maker 2. You know what? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I am just consulting the Mario wiki right now. She does not return to Super Mario Maker 2. My bad. Well, you could have fooled me because, again, I would never know. What would be the point of fooling you? Uh, she's she's accompanied by a, a, a pigeon uh, named Yakamura. Um, and the two of them together. <laughs> Uh, you know, help help guide you through the sometimes too complicated tools of Super Mario Maker. I guess only the original, though. <laughs> I did not know that she's not in the second one. This is mind-boggling to me. She is, uh, you know, she is a, a legit human character in the world of Mario. Um, in fact, maybe not even within the world of Mario. She's maybe just within the world of Mario Maker. Um, but that's cool. Uh, and I think we should have more uh, helpful, supportive, uh, nice ladies like Mary L. Yeah, uh, what, wait, is it Mary O or Mary L? Mary O. Oh, Mary O for Smash. Hashtag that. There we go. Um, also, I was, uh, I was playing Ring Fit Adventure this morning, and I was like, man, if they don't put this Drago guy in uh, Smash Brothers, they are messing it up. He's got to be one of the new characters. 
I love Drago. Um, all right, uh, Mark, those are, uh, that's the first half of the alphabet. We've done 13 letters. Um, let's close this out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Tune in next week for the latter half of the alphabet. Um, normally at this point, I'd be like, what, what are your uh, things? But we'll wait on that until uh, we reach the end of the alphabet. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, wherever you do that, uh, we appreciate it. It helps us out a bunch. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm, uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Card Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying check out that Ice Capades video. And thank you for listening. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, and what if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.